Hello, thank you for joining us. This is What Counts by Trailblazer Consulting. In this podcast, we highlight proven solutions we have developed through our experience working with companies across various industries, and we talk about how you can apply them to your company. We share our experience working with companies to solve their information management challenges. We tackle records retention schedules, program implementation and training, and more complex challenges like asset data management. This is Lee, and in this episode, Moore and I will talk about what information may currently exist in an organization that will help expand your understanding of that organization and its current records management environment. Thanks, Lee, and welcome to What Counts. I'm so excited to talk about this background information request because it's something that I think is often overlooked. And yet, at the heart of any organization are a set of policies and procedures. And even if you're inside the organization, you probably don't know about all of them. So when we come in, when we come in and start a project, one of the first things we do is we look at what's available publicly. We take a look at the website. What does this company want the world to know about them? How are they organized? What kind of products or services do they offer? And where are they located? Now you might think if you're internal, you probably know all of that, but things change. <laughs> they change rapidly. So it's worth taking a look. However, we do like to dig a little deeper. And so we'll start by putting together an information request. And we split that into three big categories, four big categories of information. And the first one is all about the business. And that's the most important one. We really wanna understand how have you already documented what you want people to do? You probably have a mission statement or a strategic plan. You may have a value statement, which is a really interesting insight into how a company thinks. A lot of companies today are moving in the direction of ESG, environment, sustainability, and governance. And that also gives you some different insight into what's important to the organization. Because what's important is where the information is gonna be. That's how the thinking goes, that's how your strategy goes, and that's where your information is gonna follow. We also look for anything like a code of conduct or a, um, some sort of standard ethics policy, something that you might have to get trained on every year and that there are frequent updates and checks. This also tells us how the organization is working. Then we look at kind of the more mundane things. Is there an HR manual, an employee policy manual? Is there, are there a set of other policies that are out there. Even for things as simple as travel notifications or expense, expense reporting, you would be surprised how many record keeping requirements are actually buried in the expense policy. What's the target for receipts? Where do you send them? How long do you have to keep them? Those are all record keeping questions. Then we look at a broad scope of organization charts. How is the company organized? Do you have multiple segments? Does everything roll up to the CEO or the CFO? Are there different geographies, different regions or districts? How independent are they or how well do they and how frequently do they interact with each other? And the last item in the business section of our background documentation is departmental or field 
standard operating procedures. One of the things that we have found over the years is that when you have a, a field-based organization, so you might have people working in sales offices or people working in regional offices, people working at plants, you often will have a set of documents that those people work from. They're standard operating procedures that they've written that have grown up, or if they were acquired from another company, they may have brought the policies and processes with them from where they came from. And often those policies and processes may conflict with each other from group to group or from the field office to the headquarters office. And it's really interesting to see what people will come up with when you ask that question. Once you start down that path in the departmental SOPs, you might open up a whole world that you wanna follow, but at least get that far in your background information. The next two sections that we look at in information management are information management and information technology. Depending on the organization and how old it is um, and how, how much they've changed in recent years, there may be a separate information management group. It may be under a compliance organization. That might be if you're in a very heavily regulated industry, you'll find a compliance organization that has a focus on managing the information that's needed for compliance or that information management documentation may actually sit inside of IT. Um, if your IT organization is proactive and really looking at not just standing up a platform, but managing the information that is stored in the systems and on the servers. So a couple of things that we look for here, policies and procedures, um, records retention schedules, if any exist already, departmental retention guidelines that might be a, a supplement to a, a company-wide retention schedule. They might conflict with a company-wide retention schedule. Email policies. I know we talk about email in every one of these podcasts, um, but it really has just infiltrated every part of the business. And when you're talking about information management and information governance, you can't ignore it. Some companies will have an IT shop that has put in place a time-based roll-off of email, and they may not have consulted an IM organization, a records management organization. You may be losing things there. Other companies have a keep everything forever kind of policy, or they allow people to use PSTs. You hear the storage is cheap mantra a lot. But there are other costs to managing email, and we're going to get into those later as we get through the, the results and the findings of our assessments and what do we do with those. But at this step, you just wanna collect them, find out what's out there, what's been written, what has your company told your employees about email. Any kind of data privacy policy, especially um, in the past couple of years with uh, the GDPR, the CCPA, the CRPA, CPRA, uh, the different privacy regulations that are coming out worldwide and in the US. Um, and everyone's heightened concern over data privacy and data breaches. I think you'd be amazed when you do start to look for this information or look into this information. Uh, in one particular instance, it was a very large company with many field offices. Going back to the records retention schedule piece, those field offices had 
legacy records retention schedules from the company that they were before they were acquired by this recent company. Um, so in that instance, uh, the privacy policy, some of these other policies may fall along those same lines as being old from uh, previous companies. It's so true. And, and it's tricky because people ignore these policies. Most of the time, they just kind of take them from granted until something goes wrong. And then you start looking for what happened. How did this happen? So what we find is you start taking a look here and you start reading these policies. And this is before you do any interviews. And it really gives you a sense of, okay, what has the company been doing with its information? Because no company today exists without some plan for information management. They may not have characterized it that way, but you've got a bunch of stuff and you have to do something with it. Um, so diving deeper into the IT side here, inventories of systems, business systems, transactional systems, applications, that kind of thing, those are always good. Um, what we have found in a lot of cases is that IT has a good inventory, but when we start interviewing people, we find between 10 and 30% more systems that somebody's bought through a contract or in the field or with their P card or whatever that IT doesn't know about. So that is always a really interesting part of the process. Um, system architecture diagrams, network diagrams, server inventories, anything like that that might exist is useful. It's not critical if it doesn't exist, but it's helpful if it does. And then the last thing I wanna mention before I get into the legal hold side is employee onboarding and offboarding. A lot of companies are focused on offboarding, making sure that people no longer have access to any critical systems. It's very important. What seems to be less consistent, what we see definitely less consistency in, is what do you do with that person's data? What do you do with their email account? What do you do with their OneDrive account or their Google Drive account or their you know, personal network um, file share, file drive? What do you do with the hard drive from their laptop? And usually the answer is, well, we check and see if they're under legal hold. So that takes us into our next category, which is what do we do for legal hold and discovery? What kind of written policies or unwritten policies or procedures exist in the company? And again, this is a place where email plays a big role. A lot of companies focus first on email. They find out somebody needs to be on legal hold and they start capturing their email. They might do that in the background. They might allow, the, the user might not even know it's happening. <laughs> they probably do though. Um, but it's not just about email, it's about other things. It's about any documentation that may be relevant to a, a legal matter or an audit, um, anything that might be subject to discovery. Um, and your legal department is gonna send that notice out. They're gonna outline with as much detail as they can the scope of the documents, the scope of the data, because it's not subject only, it's not just about documents. What I've also seen is that legal departments are terrible at lifting legal holds. Um, they're really good at putting things on hold and then the cases go on for a while and then they get finally finished and then they move on to the next case and they forget to release the hold. 
So then you've got IT is holding a bunch of stuff. They've got a bunch of hard drives or a bunch of old email files that they've been waiting around. And there's no standard process for telling IT, oh, we're done with that. You can take that off. It's especially tricky when you have overlapping legal holds and you have the same person or the same set of files that might be subject to multiple holds. So um, then you, you have to keep it for the longest time till whenever the legal hold is, the last one is finished. But keeping track of all of that, keeping track of where all that data is, what's on hold, what's been used, what's ready to be released, what can go back into your standard destruction process, it's a challenge. It's just a lot of nitpicky details and that is not anybody's favorite thing to do. So we start by asking, what have you written down? What do you, what do you say about these things? You, what do you as a company say? Do you have processes? Do you have policies? Um, and how, and because that gives us some insight into what to expect when we go into the inventories. All right, that's the list. I wanna talk a little, just for a few minutes about how we use it, each of these different pieces. So, the organizational information, looking at org charts and structure. We use that to, to inform how we build the taxonomy and how we build the retention schedule. That gives us a sense of what business functions you're performing. The information management and legal hold policies, that tells us what's already been said about how people should manage their information. And, and at least gives us a starting point for what we think they're gonna be doing. And then the IT documentation, especially any inventory of systems, that just gives us some, some good questions to ask. When you talk to somebody in accounting, you can talk to them about their SAP system or their Oracle financial system. You talk to somebody in the field doing maintenance work and you ask them about Maximo. So it's, it gives you some more, something to have the conversation, something that will help you hook into the person you're interviewing, their daily life. Because again, we've said this before, people don't think about records every day. These documents help bring us a little closer so we can make those conversations more effective. I think we covered a lot of information in a short period of time in this episode. You threw out some new terms like taxonomy, and I just want to say that those new items will be covered in future episodes. Meanwhile, if you have any questions, please send us an email at info at trailblazer.us.com. That's info at trailblazer.us.com. Thank you for listening, and please tune into our next episode where we talk about who are the individuals at your company to select to interview to get the best results.